What's up? What's up? Welcome to the July 2023 income report here at Mark Savant Media. Let's get into it. This was a good month income report here at Mark Savant Media. Let's get into it. This was a good month. This was a good month after a couple, I don't want to call them slow months, but you know, kind of treadmill type months. Uh, it's good to hit a month where we make some more money. We're approaching the $25,000 per month number. This month, the gross profit was at $22,896.48. Cue the applauses. Cue the applause is pretty, pretty good. Now, what's great about this is it starts to put that 250 care year in sight. In sight, which, you know, look, when I started this business five years ago, I was like, will we ever get there? How much can you actually make building your own business? And the, the answer is quite a bit as you get better and better at what you do. And hopefully by listening to the After Hours Entrepreneur and subscribing, you're going to learn what works and what doesn't. So you're going to learn how to disrupt your industry, which I think is the biggest opportunity that we have in our lifetime right now. The other thing is, you know, listen, once you get close to that 25K month, you start thinking bigger. How do I get to that 100K month? How do I put the 100K month in the crosshairs? You know what I'm saying? Let's go. Let's go. And, you know, I think it's good that we start to think bigger, surrounding ourselves with people that think bigger. That's how you get to the next level. What got you to where you're at today is not going to be what gets you to the next level. So the goal still stands that the goal for 2023 is to hit 20 clients in my podcast production business. I help thought leaders launch, automate, and grow podcasts, and I want to hit that 20 client mark by the end of the year. I've got four months to get there. So I it, listen, it seems like it's in sight. It seems like that's very, very doable. And then for 2024, I want to start to think bigger, right? Why settle at 25K a month when you can put that 100K a month? And then you have to start thinking about how do I get there? What's going to be required to get there? And one of the things that I'm, I'm going to be applying and putting into place is a much higher ticket offer. Right now, I'm charging 5K for a podcast launch, but I want to do something that's higher ticket. It's more comprehensive. It's the full package. That'll probably be closer to a $60,000 to $75,000 podcast launch. More information on that coming soon. More information on that coming soon. But right now, really focused on getting to that 20 client mark. So listen, if you want to get in while you fit in, you hit me up, marketmarksvontmedia.com. So Let's talk about some of the things that happened this month. And uh, well, actually, before I get ahead of myself, let's let's kind of break down this profit and loss statement a little bit more. So the it, the total expenses for the month totaled up at $6,796, leaving us with a net operating income of $16,099. So there were a couple things that happened this month that I, I think are worth mentioning, uh, you know, as always, contractors, team continues to be my largest expense at 5,300 for the month, 5,371. But there were a few things. A, was working with my accountant because there was some income that was underreported. So we went in and we kind of cleaned up some of the bookkeeping, some of the automations here on QuickBooks. Um, and I also, in, if you listen to my last month, my previous episode, changed up the way that I'm doing billing and payroll. I've moved all of my clients to being billed on the 15th of the month, which covers all the production for the following month. So I have clients paying in advance for the service that's coming. And, you know, there's there's multiple reasons for that, but one of the most obvious is I don't want I don't want to worry about a client canceling and then I'm stuck holding the bag with a bunch of work that I have to pay my team for. That would be no good. And, you know, that hasn't happened yet, but as this business starts to scale, that's obviously something that I want to hedge for. 
Additionally, by moving all of my clients the same billing date and the same billing for period, just makes things much easier to manage. I don't know who's paying for what and what's being paid for when. It just makes it much easier to say, hey, you pay now, this covers next month. It's just a much cleaner solution because going back and trying to figure out who's paid for what is a, is a nightmare. I've had to do that. It's very time consuming. I don't want to do that anymore. So by billing people on the 15th for the next month, it just kind of cleans up a lot of that. The other reason I think why the profit, the net income was so high this month is because I've changed the way that I'm compensating team members. Instead of paying for complete for claimed work, I'm paying out for completed work. Uh, last month, I ran into an issue where one of my team members was paid for work, but due to some unforeseen circumstances, wasn't able to complete it. And so it just caused for confusion. I had to put the next man up and I had to shift around money and it was, it was a pain in the butt. It, it was just very complicated. So instead of saying, Hey, I'm going to charge you a thousand dollars for the work I'm going to complete next month. I, I say, Hey, just charge me for what you've already done. Charge me for what you've already done. And we're going to talk about that a little bit more as this episode goes on, because I'm starting to move into this preparing to scale portion of the business. I'm doing, you know, personally getting much more involved in the sales piece getting more active in go high level, the DMs, the follow-ups, getting more strategic about that, looking at buying email lists, which we'll talk about probably in future episodes. But I'm preparing to scale. And there's, there's a few things that go along with that. There's a few things that are on my mind that I think you should be thinking about as well. So first of which is focusing on the onboarding. You know, the longer it takes me to onboard, that's less time that I'm focusing on bringing in new clients. So I'm thinking about how do I make it a smoother process for onboarding clients? How do I make it faster? Speed kills. The more time I'm spending onboarding clients, that's, again, less time I'm spending on the phone with new clients, with potential clients, with prospects. So um, I'm creating more systems to better understand my clients' needs upfront, to ask better questions, and leverage my experience in the space as a means of getting around ideas and, and debates on what works and what doesn't work. I know what works. I've done this. I know what works. So while being respectful and entertaining new creative ideas, while also saying, you know, I, I, you know, my goal is this, your goal is this, we have the same shared vision, I think this is the way that we should go. And by, by focusing on asking better questions and that experience factor, uh, I think that'll make it a, a faster and smoother onboarding process. Um, I'm also trying to limit and eliminate small decisions for clients that really don't turn the needle, right? You know, in the past, you say, what do you think about this font? Don't like it. What do you think about this? What do, you know, I, and, you know, I want to try to just get right to the meat and say, hey, here's the finished product. And, you know, if there's something that the client doesn't like, obviously, we'll adjust that. But trying to eliminate and create less friction throughout the process, I think, is a is a really important thing. Historically, I would just come, you know, go to the client, ask a question, go to production, go back to the client. You know, I think it's better just to deliver what I think is best based on my experience and, again, leveraging that experience. The other thing that I'm looking at when we prepare to scale, when I talked about this last month, is vertical and horizontal communication, right? And so what that means is team members within my agency are able to speak not just to managers and the administrative managerial staff, but also I want to open up lines of communication and encourage lines of communication within the team. I don't want to have the graphic editor coming to me asking for the 
show notes for an episode, I want them to go directly to the team member that was handling that and, and keeping that all above board, all transparent is really important. I also want to give my team members the ability to communicate directly with clients. And I historically was not a fan of doing this. I was afraid that my clients and my team members would walk off outside the agency. But now the agency is at a point where I, I'm not as worried about that at this, at this stage in the game. I've developed a lot of expertise, a lot of trust with my team, with my clients. So I'm not, I'm not as worried about that. Now that might happen, but it's less of a, a concern at this point. Um, and yeah, that horizontal communication, I think is really key. I want to try to eliminate the middlemen. If you've ever played that game telephone where you whisper something in someone's ear and they whisper it in the next person's ear and they whisper it in the next person's ear. And by the time that message gets all the way around, it's been completely misconstrued. I want to try to eliminate that by encouraging horizontal communication within the team. Also, Better systems for managing workflows, right? You know, when you're scaling, you need to build out better systems. More clients means more team members, which means more complexity. And, you know, historically, one of the things that I've done would be to assign one team member per assignment per to each client. So, for example, if I onboard ABC Podcast... I'll have one team member assigned to the graphic design, one team member assigned to the YouTube, one team member assigned to the audio and video edits. Um, but the, the problem is what happens if someone gets sick? What happens if someone leaves? What happens if someone gets overworked? And so I'm, I'm looking at creating better horizontal communication amongst the team and then having a, a system where the next man up, the next person, if you're available now, you claim the task, you get it done, you upload it, and it's done. So instead of this this kind of this struggle of, all right, this person's out, I need to fill in someone and they need to get the right templates and the right forms and, and all that, I'm going to try to eliminate that. So I, I think overall this will lead to a better a, a better system in, in total overall when it comes to delivering the best product at the best price within the best time frame. So that's something I'm looking at as well. And then the, the other big thing that I'm, I'm doing, you know, cause when you have a surplus of income, you want to try to figure out how to spend that. And I'm not talking about buying a new car, but I'm talking about investing in my team and investing in the systems. I'm, you know, with this surplus and in the, the clout and kind of the momentum we have going I want to invest more in my CRM. I use Monday for managing all the systems. I want to bring on uh, five new team members. Right now I'm at five. The next step up is uh, it doubles the price of the software. But if I'm doubling the amount of team members, I think that that could work. I think that would make sense. Uh, same thing with Slack. I'm on the free version of Slack right now. But due to the amount of uh, team members, due to the amount of messaging that's happening in Slack, I think it's time to invest in Slack, which will take me from free you know, it'll take me from free to about a hundred bucks a month, which I'm not excited about, but I think as this thing scales up, that's going to be a necessary point. Also need to look at uh, investing more in cloud storage, investing in automation softwares like Zapier. There's a few automations and, and a few softwares that are going to need to be upgraded, which will increase the expense, but better to invest now when you have the surplus and then focus on getting those systems on point and then shift to sales. Although let's face it, we are always, always selling. If you're a business owner, you're not as good as you think you are when you're winning and you're not as bad as you are when you are losing. So I'm going to move into uh, systems, management, sales roles, investing in the team, investing in the software, 
and just trying to continually focus on giving my clients the best experience, the best experience. That's, that's what it's all about. All right, cool. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to subscribe to the podcast. Thank you for that. And hit me up at mark at marksavantmedia.com. I want to see you thrive. All right, I'll see you in the next episode. Peace.